Green Diva's heart wildlife. Who can resist all those videos and images of adorable baby animals? But sometimes these adorable creatures really need our help. Let's celebrate wild animals, learn about them, and do what we can to help them. Well, it's been a little too long since we've done a GD's Heart Wildlife segment. And thus, it's been too long since we talked to one of our favorite GD Wildlife dudes, John Platt, who is now the editor of The Revelator, which is where his Extinction Countdown is now found, his ongoing column, um, which if anybody hasn't read it, it, I love what he's doing and his ongoing stories, and they're not all bad. I'm just telling you that right now. This is a publication now that he's the editor of for the Center of Biological Diversity, and we've done quite a few GD's Heart Wildlife segments with them as well. So I'll shut up and say, hi, John. Hi, Meg. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) Well, I am so glad we finally reconnected. We had a couple of false starts there, mostly my fault. But I thought we would start with some good news for a change. Good news in conservation is always something great to talk about. So tell me about the leopards. There's a specific type of leopard that is having a bit of a comeback. Yeah, it's called the Amur leopard, which is native to Russia and China. This is a species that was almost extinct 20 years ago. The population was maybe 30, maybe 40, if they were extremely lucky. And they were being just beset by poachers and habitat loss and logging, and things did not look good. But um, 20 years ago, people started really saying it's time to save this species, and they put a lot of a lot of work into into place. They put in anti-poaching patrols. They created a massive national park in Russia that that can host the breeding population for this species, and they've been counting them using camera traps. Oh, they spent the entire 2017 counting them. Every leopard has a unique set of spots, so when it shows up in a photo, they can say that's cat number 27 or whatever so they don't have to tag them they don't have to individually count them because they're scattered over hundreds of square miles but now through the photos we know that the population has gone from just 30 to 103 and that includes 19 cubs or juveniles um, which is just incredible incredible news wow and so it was before when you were saying 30 or 40 i was waiting for you to say, I don't know, not 30,000 or 40,000, but 30 or 40. That's dangerously low, right? Dangerously low. The uh, the senior advisor to WDF Russia, who uh, is one of the major people behind this, called it a mission impossible. And he said that they were on the edge of extinction. If they hadn't done anything, these cats would have been gone by now. And, uh, you know, even with 103, it's still a challenge. The cats are pretty are scattered apart from each other, they need to find each other to breed. But when they can find each other and when they get enough to eat, they're safe. They're no longer being attacked by poachers for their fur. They're no longer at risk of being killed by loggers who are looking to protect themselves in their camps. It's great news. Poachers are after them primarily for the fur? 
for the fur, and there's also, for, like with a lot of big cats, there's trade in their claws, their bones, their whiskers, which can go be for all kinds of uses. Yeah. But yeah, leopard skins are tremendously valuable to the right people. And you, even with the other populations, the healthy populations, say in India, they're still getting poached for skins, which can sell for big bucks more than a person would earn in a year. Now, are these cats really large enough to be a threat to the loggers, for instance? Well, sure. And the other thing is, you know, if, if people are living in a camp far away from civilization, they're, they're hunting prey. They're hunting whatever they can to eat. Yeah. And that's the same prey that the leopards would want to eat. So if, if all that food is getting eaten by humans, what's left for the cats? Right, because are, are the cats wouldn't necessarily be aggressive with humans under the normal circumstances. Right. And I do know that, for example, this park in Russia is right next to the border with China. And China just had a big campaign to remove snares for, from where people were trying to catch animals for themselves to eat. But snares are indiscriminate. All it takes is the wrong animal stepping into a wire loop and they're they're either caught forever or they're going to lose a leg, in which case they're probably going to die anyway. But 103 still is... Yeah, it's, it's still it's huge news, but it's still pretty scarce. They are the second rarest big cat. Um, only the Asiatic cheetah, which lives in Iran, is rare. There are only 50 of them. You know, it, until a couple of years ago, the Amur leopards were the rarest big cat. So now they've, they've gone up to number two. So that's progress. Well, and it's going in the right direction at least, right? Exactly. And how much human intervention was required to shift the tide? A lot, a lot. Not only just setting aside this park, which is huge, and, and moving people out of the way, but then creating anti-poaching patrols. There was also a, a major highway built right through the, the rare. And 20 years ago, there weren't that many people traveling it, but now it's huge. So they actually built a gigantic tunnel a third of a mile long underneath the highway so the cats can climb through that. That costs a huge amount of money. So it's been a lot of effort and it's paid off and it shows everyone says that this is the hard work of, of non-governmental organizations like WWF and the World Wildlife Conservation Society. Scientists around the globe are studying these things and a massive commitment by the Russian government. So it really is one of these great a case study for how this can work. It's proof that it can be done. Tell folks how they can find out more. Uh, they can read your article about this, which goes into much more depth, of yep. course, and other articles by you. How can people find you? Yeah, they can visit us online at therevelator.org, or they can just Google John Platt. That'll <laughs> turn up a lot of stuff. But we've also got articles on climate change, pollution. Uh, we're running essays by people who are experts in their field trying to say how we can get to a better, cleaner world. We're doing articles about the Trump administration, and we're, uh, we're a force to be reckoned with in environmental journalism. It's awesome because we need it. We need it all, right? It's not just exactly one of these aspects, but we, we tend to like talking to you about the wildlife <laughs> thing because of your extinction countdown. All right. Well, hopefully we will get to speak to you again very soon, John. Thank you so much. You are quite welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Green Divas Heart Wildlife. Please visit thegreendivas.com, that's T-H-E, greendivas.com, to learn more about wildlife, nature, and a whole lot more.